Everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast chronicling two game dev scrubs uh, into game devdom. <laughs> yeah, if we can do it, you can too, son. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. What's up, y'all? <laughs> Yo, hey, we living in strange times, Taylor. Strange times. Yeah, man, it's wild out there. It's wild yeah. and crazy, and no one knows what's real, dude. We're just all living in our minds. Yeah, we don't know what's I do happening. F- I do kind of think that the Matrix is just like inserting some weird code to just see how we'll react, right? It's like data collection at this point. I know. Just trying to figure out, you know, how, what our breaking point as a civilization. Yeah, man. You think we're close, Taylor? Dude, I feel like we're on the brink. <laughs> yeah. We got no. we got warnings that climate change. We have to act like right now, or we're doomed. We just yep. got a UN uh, climate change council announcement that uh, we're running out of time. And I mean, they've been saying it more and more every year, but it feels like it's getting more and more serious. Absolutely. I don't know if we mentioned this on the podcast either, but even the BBC changed their policies about reporting on climate change, Um, you know, because kind of like the principles of journalism suggest that you need to talk with somebody on the opposing side to get a non-biased report of the news, right? Yeah. Um, well, finally, they like made this big press release a few weeks ago, and they're just like, yeah, anyway, we realize that this has been really damaging in the grand scheme of things to uh, climate change in general. And we realize that it's been wrong. We're changing it. We do not need to have the opinions of a skeptic uh, alongside the opinions of an expert in order to give unbiased news in the yeah. same way that you wouldn't have to talk to a denier at a sports game to know who actually won. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it, it does <laughs> I just thought was a funny like parallel, you know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense to have somebody somebody's voice heard when it's like illegitimate. <laughs> like their yeah. opinion is so far wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, yeah, well, but the problem is too is like yeah, it legitimizes it. And I say this all the time that like when you debate a topic the debate itself is an implication that either a you are changeable on this position or b your position is inherently fallible and so (laughs) nobody should be debating climate change yeah if you think it's a problem ever because you're only legitimizing 
the quiet voices. It's the same thing that you see on Facebook about the reason why all of like the worst comments are at the top is because people see them and they get super upset and they put that angry emoji on it. But the more angry emojis it gets and then they comment on it, they have to comment on it. And the more angry emojis it gets and the more comments it gets, Facebook is like, this is a popular comment. Let's put it right at the top. Right. (laughs) Yep. Hence why we have the current government that we have. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I do want to um, talk about an experience I had that was two experiences I had that were positive in terms of climate change. Um, Well, one is sort of climate change related, more just like being good stewards of the planet. The other is just uh, something cool that I got to experience. Um, So a couple weeks ago, there's an organization out of Portland that sponsored a recycling event in Eugene mm-hmm. uh, where they were gathering um, plastics that aren't currently recyclable in curbside recycling. Um, and we went to this event. We had been saving up some of the things that now you just have to throw in the garbage. And so we saved those in our office for a couple months. We didn't have a lot, but... Anyways, we go, uh, it's out in this kind of like garbage dump recycling center area and we drive our car there and we think it's going to just be like in this little parking lot and we like, you know, walk up to a table and hand them our bags or whatever. But dude, it was actually really encouraging um, because you like drive down this little road and then all of a sudden you see like, not even kidding, hundreds of cars uh, that are in line waiting to be able to drop off their recyclables. And it was like this full blown operation that was like well managed. And like they had the bins out with all the different numbers and different things for you to like, you know, put in the right containers. And man, it was just cool seeing like how much people in my community care about being able to recycle. Uh, And they were there for four hours and it sounds like they're going to be doing this event like every couple months. And uh, they tell you where the plastics are going. So um, it's all going to be used to build um, park benches and things like that. So they're taking all those plastics and like, you know, melting them down and making benches out of them, which is kind of cool. Because now, you, you know, it's you hear those horror stories of like, oh, yeah, I put my recycling into the recycling bin and it turns out it was all just going into the same garbage bin, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, stuff like that. So it was nice hearing like the actual like place it was going, but it was just cool. I mean, I, we were there for like 20 minutes maybe, and we saw hundreds of people and they had another like four hours to go. So it was pretty, uh, a positive experience for me, which in that regard, I always feel so bleak about, how we treat our the planet and everything like it's a it's a very big stress on my conscience like i always just feel bad and get depressed about it if i spend enough time like on twitter or just thinking about it so that was kind of encouraging um the other thing is i didn't realize at work that we have electric cars like i always whenever i have to drive somewhere i go and check out a prius and then I drive there. But I found out that we have Nissan Leafs, um, hmm. which, wow, 
it was awesome. Like so easy to use. It feels just like a, a gas powered car. Um, like the quality of it is not any different. Um, and it's kind of neat, you know, you get in and you unplug it from the charger. Uh, it has like all these fancy little gadgets. Like it had a heated steering wheel and Mm -hmm. as, as you're driving, it's like super quiet and, uh, you know, it shows you like how many miles you have left on your charge and efficiency and all this stuff. And I don't know. It was just like, wow, this is real. We could all be doing this. I mean, granted, yeah. the Leaf itself right now only gets like 100 miles to a charge or something. So it's good for like short-term commuting. But dang, yeah. like if you live in a city, uh, it's the perfect car for commuting to work, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So it just made me yeah. feel like, wow, this is legit. This is, this is a uh, way of getting off of fossil fuels. Like we all need to start buying electric cars. So yeah. after driving that, I'm like, you know what? I, I've i said this already. Like my next car is going to be an electric car. But now I know how awesome it was. Like Dude, I, I felt you great should, uh, driving it. You <laughs> should get a Tesla, man. Yeah. Once uh, expensive as shit. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Once once the prices go down a little bit, might have to look. Dude, at I that. see Teslas all over the place now. I, I probably do too, see yeah. at least like five or six a day. Jeez, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's the way of the future. We need to like if you're looking for a car. I mean, I know electric cars are expensive, but consider it. There's options. You know, the other one. Uh, um, what I think is like the Volt. I don't know if it's pure electric. But I was reading some pretty good things about it. I know, like everybody, like it's it's funny because you can't bring up electric cars without people like like car people kind of scoffing at it. Like, I know, oh, but the performance ratio is like, dude, it's not <laughs> yeah. the point, right? Like, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I remember reading some promising things about the Volt. Like, it had like a reserve tank, like just in case, like you know, your commute was like, um past your your range on your battery and things like that like you could get to a charging station or something like that in an emergency oh that's cool yeah yeah man it's i mean once those charging stations start popping up i mean i i see them all the time in eugene um, but once they're you know more common god like so much better than having to like go to the gas station (laughs) yeah you know yeah, and well, it's interesting. Like battery technology is something that is super interesting to me, and I think it's kind of important. So I follow it kind of closely. It's like one of the things that I report on a lot in craft computing is like battery technology. You know, um, the new ways that they're figuring out how to store energy, and one of the, well, whatever. I'm getting off topic, but but uh, you know, because of Tesla, we we can thank them for these like really high efficiency batteries and it's not only going to revolutionize transportation but the more that the technology gets streamlined the more we can we can implement it in home settings as well um but what's cool too is that like i've been seeing uh these electric bikes everywhere too man and these things are pretty sweet you mean like a electric motorcycle no an electric bicycle oh really (laughs) yeah my dad bought one really um yeah it's really cool you get like maybe 25 miles of range on it um and i think you top out 
uh, unassisted on a flat thing at like 20 miles per hour, maybe like 25. Huh. But yeah, it's legit, man. Like you just <clears throat> like, you know how a lot of bikes have those racks on the back? Yeah. So this has like a rack on the back that is like a slide rack and you slide a battery pack in and out of it. Oh, that's, huh. That's interesting. And you just shunk, slide it in like it's like a freaking power drill or something, right? And then you can hop on and it's got like different settings. It's got com- like complete assist mode where it'll be like, and you got a little throttle on your handles and you take off. <laughs> and it's got like partial assist mode where you can pedal and it just makes it a little easier to pedal. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I was wondering. I was like, so do they even have pedals then? Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a bicycle. Okay. It's a bicycle first. It just has electric assist on it. It's probably good for for the elderly. Absolutely. Well, that's my, you know, my dad's almost 70 now. Is he? And really? yeah, and he <laughs> likes, you know, his big thing is uh going taking his trailer out different places and he loads this bad boy up in the trailer and now he can get around, you know? parks his trailer down by the beach and he can take the bike uh you know uh up the street to the diner or whatever and no big deal huh that's kind of cool yeah it's really cool man and i think i've been seeing them too like they uh you know they have those like bike sharing programs oh yeah um i think there's a company been doing electric bike sharing nice like i think they had those in seattle like when I was there for PAX. Oh, yeah, dude. I wouldn't be surprised. You need that extra power getting up those hills. Oh, yeah. Fuck that place, <laughs> dude. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, we saw one. We were walking, and it was like, I thought it was an urban art piece, to be honest, but uh, it looked as though somebody had just like picked up one of these bikes and dumped it over the side of this like off-ramp or this like <laughs> <laughs> basically <laughs> like 20 feet below this bike is sticking straight out of the ground right like it looks like somebody just dropped it uh but and anyway we came back the next day and somebody had pulled it down and like the freaking um the uh wheel frame and everything had just completely bent at a 90 degree angle so somebody clearly dumped it off like a jackass but Dang. i thought it was funny yeah. i thought it was urban art i was like look at that that's cool <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah man well i was hearing about like um different types of batteries that uh people have been trying to make and one of them was like a salt water battery have you heard about that at all yeah i have yeah I, apparently it's really challenging to develop and so the company that was like pushing it is kind of going bankrupt but it's cool hearing that like that's a there's a big push for making really high quality batteries um so that yeah. we can continue to push and have more electric vehicles so yeah well and that's kind of like the big thing with dams too right like a lot of people don't really understand that the whole thing with like reservoirs and dams and things is that you kind of create a pseudo battery in a way, a natural battery. Mm-hmm. You can plug up all this water and then when you need extra power, you start letting it through to turn some turbines and stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, and I know that there's a big project, uh, in store for the Hoover dam. They're looking at doing something to turn it into a big battery. Oh, cool. Um, things like that. Yeah, man. I mean, we need to start looking at every avenue cause 
Yeah. And well, and it's going to be, those are the things that are going to enable and revolutionize green power. Yeah. Nobody wants to be on solar because half of the day you can't get power, right? So if you can make it so that half the day you have power and the other half you are on reserve power that you saved up, um, which is the things that like Tesla has enabled with their uh, wall batteries. I don't know if you've ever seen those, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, very interesting. Totally. Um, I'd be interested to see like what other people's like solutions are, you know, as time goes on. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, man. I mean, it, what I've even thought about is like, what happens when we're, when we get past electronic or electric things, you know, like what's the next car <laughs> or is electric the, the end, the end all. Well, know. what would be past that? I don't, I don't know. I think man. I could even like, <laughs> but that's where like the science fiction element comes in. Like some kind of, it'd be gravitational power. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow just like the consistent, like harnessing of gravity will enable kinetic motion. Yeah. Although we can already do that with grandfather clocks. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Well, I guess that's it. I know. We're kind of... So, to give you guys a, an idea where we're at right now, we recorded an episode that was supposed to come out today, but we had some technical problems with it where somehow Rhett's recording was like, I don't know if it was cutting in and out, but it was, by the end of it, it was off by like close to five minutes. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what was going on with it. And in fact, um, it <clears throat> it happened with a bunch of stuff and I should have known it was going to be a problem, but I thought it was because um, uh, my install of Windows like needed like re-verification, you know, or whatever. And I kept putting it off and kept putting it off. And it would always interrupt stuff. And I started noticing it when I would, like, listen to music on my laptop. Like, music was, like, skipping all the time. And it became to the point where it was, like, unbearable. Like, I'm usually, like, pretty chill about things skipping, like, videos or music or whatever. But it got to the point where, like, it was so grating. It would just, like, spike my blood pressure every time I heard a little skip. And... And I started, I would record on my laptop and I was like trying to do some music. And I realized that the music was doing the same thing. Like I was singing or playing guitar and like mid phrase, it skipped like a whole second. So I didn't really put it together until after. So I don't know what's going on with it though. It's on my laptop. Hmm. I don't know if it means like I'm having some hard drive troubles or whatever, but I'm on it. I have an SSD, you know, so that like I don't think it should be a problem, but maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I barely had the SSD in there for a year. Yeah. I mean, it should be fine, but I don't know. I've never had an SSD like go out on me. Although I've heard that there's a certain number of writes that an SSD can be good for. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's being used like constantly or something that can potentially... You know, that was the problem that I was having with my hard drive before because um, everything was just like slowing down. And when I'd look at the performance of my laptop, the disk was being uh, used like all the time. And it was like capping at 100% capacity. Um, 
And so, like, everything I was doing was just taking forever because my disc was, like, constantly writing for some reason. That's what prompted me. You know, you you encouraged me. You're like, just go get an SSD. So, I did. And I did a fresh install of Windows and everything. Maybe it is just constantly writing again, though. That doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, I'm not sure, man. I would probably, like, do a full wipe again and and reinstall Windows and see if you still have the same problem. Either that or if you want to, like, like if you have a bunch of stuff on there that would be annoying to have to, like, set up again. I don't know. Look through the Windows logs and see if you're getting a bunch of errors. Yeah, it's a good idea. I'll have to actually pay some more attention to it. I mean, like, you know, the most the thing I use my laptop for most of the time is writing, so I don't actually really get that hung up on it. And especially, like, lately I've been listening to music from my cell phone or something. Um, yeah. So, so you know, like super it, it doesn't really use. interrupt me that much. Yeah. 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 Hmm. But... Uh, yeah, man. You know, I was just thinking, too, it's kind of a bummer because I was really looking forward to NaNoWriMo this year. Yeah. And I was going to encourage people in the Discord to participate. We could share updates in the NaNoWriMo thing again. But I'm going to be gone the entirety of NaNoWriMo. Oh, geez. Yeah. When, when do you leave? I leave on the 7th of November. Okay. And I thought you were just going to Spain, but it sounds like you're also going to Rome. Yeah, I'm going to Spain and Italy. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, so I'll be in Spain for like 10 days, and then I'm go- and then we fly to Venice, and we're going to go to Venice, we're going to go to Florence, and we're going to go to Rome. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm jelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're meeting Yana over in Barcelona. Nice. Yeah. Yana's our good friend from Germany who now lives in the UK. Yeah, I know. I know you know. <laughs> uh, yeah uh yana was our foreign exchange student when we were in high school and she was a really good friend of ours she like hung out with our band all the time and like came out she went to metal shows with us and yeah actually um, she was the first person to know uh after i had proposed to alia because i proposed in france in uh versailles and then we went up to edinburgh and met Yana there. So, I mean, my yeah. family and, and Allie's family knew that I was going to propose, but they didn't know exactly when, you know? Yeah. So, she was the first person. So, she took a bunch of pictures of us in Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> like our proposal pictures or whatever. When, um, when you were going to get engaged, did you, I mean, so you said like your family kind of had an idea. Did you like tell people? You're like, yeah, I think I'm going to get engaged or whatever. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was weird. It was like, I didn't ever, there wasn't like a moment when I was like, all right, like I, I'm ready to like do this. It was like just a slow creeping like vibe. I got like, yeah, I want to get married to Alia, you know? Yeah. And then, well, you know, it's funny. I, I think about this sometimes and, and, you know, forgive me if I'm going too far, (laughs) but I, I remember like. When we were jamming a couple times, you know, and we were we would always talk about the future before either one of us was engaged. And you're like, yeah, dude, I don't even think I can get married until I'm at least 30. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> yeah. I wonder why I said that. <laughs> I don't know. But I think both of us were kind of feeling that. But then, like, shortly after, it was like maybe a year later, I got engaged. And then 
you got engaged shortly after. <laughs> uh, what year did you get engaged? 2012. Okay, mine was 2013. Yeah, so, I think you got to get yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when when did you guys go to what months did you guys go to? Europe? Oh man, I think it was in July, maybe. Yeah, I got married in August. Yeah, I think it was. was yeah, it you guys were engaged at my wedding, right? Uh, see, now I can't even remember. <laughs> maybe we went <laughs> after your wedding. I can't remember. No. No, 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 <laughs> and, and uh, oh no, no, wait! I did still have the storage unit where we jammed. Yeah. Yeah, we well, so we jammed in the storage unit up until close to when I got married. Yeah, that was uh, I got rid of it like that. Sep- that following September, you got married in July. I got rid of it in September. Yeah. Yeah, we played a show like at that bar or whatever outside Duffy's, of that bar. Yeah. Duffy's, yeah. We played yeah, a show yeah. there. Dude, like, that was um, motherfucking lame fest, dude. Don't oh, pretend yeah. like it was just some show. <laughs> It's the biggest music festival in Salem, Oregon, son. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that many people being there. Oh, dude, you got to watch the video from Monster Addict. That's because you guys were a bigger band than we were. Dude, that place was packed when we played. That was one of the most fun. We hadn't played a show as Monster Addict in a long time, and somebody took a video of it and... Probably like a dozen people came up to us afterwards and they were like, I have never seen you guys have that much fun playing before. (laughs) And it's true. Like we actually, like, you know, it kind of had become like this drag before. Yeah. And after we took a break, it was like, it was so cathartic to go back and just nail that. Yeah. Well, you guys played a lot of shows and you're always like throwing stuff and like going crazy. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't remember if it was you. I just always remember every show that I went to that was Monstratic, which was probably only like three or four. Uh, at the end of the set, the drum yeah. set was like deconstructed and like the bass drum was like thrown on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We only did that when it was me on drums okay. or Kane. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, was so for about two and a half years or so. I also vaguely remember. Kane kissing another member of the of the band. Yeah, we do that every show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, well, dude, that's so, Red's brother-in-law, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It, what's funny is it seems so funny to do on stage, but I was watching video of one of the times we did it, <laughs> and without context. <laughs> It is, like, the most awkward thing ever. <laughs> and, like, you know, I don't mean any disrespect uh, out there to anybody either, but we do this uh, thing sometimes. Like, we make fun of other bands um, subtly. And, like, one of the things that we did, uh, started doing, was we would kind of mock, like, remember how bands used to get, like, a in a circle and, like, you know, yeah, pray? Yeah, Well, shoot, we did that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, I don't know how we got the idea, but we started doing that, like, and we'd get together and be like, we would, like, huddle up and be like, anyways, you guys want to get, like, Carl's Jr. after this or some (laughs) shit? You know, like, (laughs) and I was watching a video of it, and without context, it just looks like we're up there, like, dear Jesus. (laughs) Uh, But, 
but uh, we played a show at this dive bar. We got like you know we always we said every show after our last show. Um, because that, that show at Lamefest, by the way, that was like the biggest turnout we had, that was our last show ever. Mm. It was supposed to be. Then we kept playing shows after that. And every time we would label it as our last show ever. <laughs> and we did one at this dive bar and, um, our bass player, he like did this whole speech in the middle and he goes, he's like, I just want you guys to know, you know, where we're at in life. And I want you guys to know you're not alone out there. I, I relapsed. And he talks about relapsing all this stuff, but he he's like relapsing, uh, like how like his. <sighs> this sounds so disrespectful. I don't mean it this way because <laughs> I didn't say anything. But he had this whole bit about how his family uh, like prayed his gay away, and then he oh relapsed God. back into like it relapsed back into it, and then he ends by kissing all of us on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I know. We're stupid. Dude, I don't even know why I'm talking about this, but well, <laughs> it's all yeah. online. You can see the videos of it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like some... You guys were kind of like a joke metal band, and there was a lot of bands like that for a while. Like, um, God, what was the name of that? There was a band that we saw at Warp Tour, and one other time, I can't think of what they're called, but they're from Canada. And the whole time they were just being like complete spazzes. And I think like that's just, that's how music is. I mean, look at like Ozzy Osbourne and like Guar and all these guys that are just right. like, you know, they are doing very obscene things, which are supposed to sort of be offensive, but in like a joke way. Yeah. So. Right. And that's and that's kind of what we always tried to do is like we were making fun of people that took their music too seriously. And I wouldn't say that we were a joke band. Yeah. No, we I... were a real band <laughs> who just who we made fun of you know, we made fun of the other band. We made fun of the scene basically because yeah. we thought like there's no use in taking yourself too seriously. You're playing music in shitty clubs and dive bars and Yeah. You know. <clears throat> And so, like, you know, a lot of people, like, a lot of people label us as a joke band because our songs were all puns and, like, plays on words and things like that. But, mm -hmm. but, uh, our lyrics were serious. You know, we, we have a song called Christopher Lloyd of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's about a guy who says that he's a Christian, but is a hypocrite and he's a liar and he's not really a Christian. <clears throat> uh, we have a song, um, called uh pushing up daisy's dukes and it's about um somebody's old relationship that they had that was like ended badly and they like regret it you know yeah um so it's like all these songs have like funny names like we had a song called our will feral nights <laughs> and it was about politics yeah um, you know so i don't know it's just but, you know, yeah, I, we just had a lot of, like, stuff we made fun of. Yeah, you guys were always goofy on stage, so. Like, one of our songs, we had a song called uh, John Cusack of Shit. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that one. And it was legitimately about John Cusack, but everybody, what they didn't understand about it was that we had, so uh, the band Napalm Death has the world record for the world's shortest song. Yeah. Uh, and the song is called You Suffer. And the lyrics are, you suffer, but why? Or something like that. 
And we took the chords that are in the song and we made a full song out of it. But the joke is like, we're making fun of this gimmick that you have like the shortest song ever, you know? <laughs> and it was called John Cusack of shit. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh yeah man um but uh yeah so yeah i was just curious about you know how your your engagement and everything came oh, about yeah. like, did you tell your parents like were you like i'm gonna ask alia to marry me did you tell alia's parents ahead of time yeah i like brought or i took alia's parents out to dinner and i like showed them alone their, yeah like me and them <laughs> uh and then i like showed them that i had a ring and i was like i want to give this to alia and they were like oh like yeah (laughs) i don't remember what they said but it was just you know it was very casual how long between when you bought the ring and when you got engaged uh dude i don't know i guess you bought it and then you had to go through yeah so that was that was (laughs) the thing that was the scariest part was because i bought her this expensive ring you know and i had it literally like tucked in a money pouch that was like in my pants the whole time (laughs) and that was like the the first time i had really ever traveled outside of i mean i had gone to canada a couple times but nothing big and nothing on my own really and so i was like kind of scared a little bit and here i am packing like the most expensive thing i had ever bought at that point (laughs) Uh, so it was a little bit like scary wandering around and, and like, if I did lose it, wow, that would have been, that would have been the worst thing ever, but it all worked out. And then afterwards, like I proposed to her like halfway through the trip and afterwards it's like, oh yeah, now I don't have to worry about it. It's on her finger. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's her problem. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) As long as, as long as she says yes, but. No, she knew. I mean, she didn't know. I don't know if she knew that I was going to propose on that trip, but we had looked at rings together and stuff. So she knew that we were going to get married or that I was going to oh. propose. But Yeah, well, see, I didn't ever look at rings with Bailey. She just like told me what she wanted, and then I got her something completely different. <laughs> see, I wanted... It ended up working out, though, because she actually liked what I got more. That's Supposedly, good. that's what she tells me. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I wanted to like, I didn't want to get a ring that she didn't want. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We're we don't really abide by a lot of traditions. We just kind of like like we don't get each other birthday gifts or Christmas gifts or mm-hmm. really we don't really do Valentine's Day or nothing. We're really like down to earth. I feel like and so yeah, you guys just don't love each other. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh no and so i don't know i thought it just made made sense to get the right one the first time yeah so i don't know yeah absolutely what i have cool i haven't heard your proposal story Rhett. (laughs) while we're on the topic i don't know how you proposed to bailey or um yeah it's not romantic at all yeah i just (laughs) bought um it was like I went to, well, literally, like, you know, I had been thinking about it, mulling it over, and I went to a concert with my brother, and he goes, so when are you getting married? I was like, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and nobody's, like, really ever asked me. 
like legitimately, you know, like in a serious way where it's like a private conversation rather than just like mocking me, which is like what, you know, family does. When do you guys get married? When do you guys get kids? And I was like, hey, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I don't know. And he goes, you want to go look at rings tomorrow? And I was like, all right. <laughs> so me and my brother went ring shopping. I bought a ring that day and two weeks later I proposed. But um yeah, my my proposal was not romantic. Uh we were just hanging out and I just asked her. I said, "Hey, I got this for you." And I gave her the ring. I said, "Will you, you know, will you marry me?" <laughs> and uh so we got married. Nice. <laughs> I like it though. It's funny how Jason like <laughs> was like reading your mind almost. Yeah, well, I don't I don't really remember why he brought it up, but we were seeing uh the band of Monsters and Men and it was like they were taking a little quick break and they're set and he just I don't know why he asked, but yeah. Yeah, worked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I saw um Max yesterday. We went uh we went bowling in Silverton. Oh, yeah. And bumped into him he was like holding the door open for us and i was like hey max what's up <laughs> nice yeah it's kind of did he recognize you at all i don't think so yeah, <laughs> yeah probably not <laughs> but it's okay he's like in his own world most of the time yeah i was like i'm you're bailey's brother i'm taylor like tell her tell bailey hi he's like oh yeah okay <laughs> bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah we saw him yesterday he didn't say anything oh geez i'm just kidding geez max <laughs> that's all good uh well i feel like so we talked a lot about a lot of different stuff last week and some of it i feel like was kind of interesting um and i'm kind of sad that it disappeared into the ether but um to give you guys an update on where i'm at i know we've spent almost 40 minutes and haven't talked about anything development related but (laughs) Uh, I've been diving into Free Code Camp again, um, working on my web development skills. And I will say, after taking a break for quite a while and coming back to it, um, I don't know if it's just because I've been coding more or what it is, but it's felt a lot easier this time around, which is kind of nice. Um, and Free Code Camp has like 1,200. Uh, little tutorials that you can do and they have like an interactive coding environment where you test and everything. Um, but then at the end of each section, they have these projects that they, uh, have you go through. It helps you like build a portfolio and just get used to building applications. And so I've, uh, I've finished three of those projects, which has been pretty fun. Um, and I'm hoping to be able to use those skills to be able to build, a better game devs quest site that we can all use. Um, so that's kind of where I've been lately. I've, I haven't really been going into to game dev, although uh, we haven't officially said anything, but we're talking about another OMG jam. And part of me wants to try since I'm in the web dev realm, try something like phaser or just uh, JavaScript and canvas making a game, you know, to try and use those skills that I'm trying to gain right now. So I might end up doing that if, uh, if, and when we have the next OMG jam. So that's kind of where my head has been at. I've been seeing a lot of cool stuff on the discord lately. 
a um, bunch of people entering their games into MAGFest, uh, Dradusa and uh, Zivix, they got their games. I don't know if Manbeard Games is doing another one, but everything's looking awesome, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. So keep on at it, guys. Proud of you. <laughs> um, the other thing that I did, there's a couple things. Um, I mentioned this last week uh, on the Dead podcast, but we rearranged our office. Um, oh, yeah. Which has just been such a boost to my productivity um it used to be that the office was situated like i have this desk that was situated in like an l shape and it was really hard for both me and my wife to sit in the office so it only ended up being used for podcasts and streaming pretty much but now like i took that desk and i put it flush up against one wall all the way across and there's plenty of room for us and so now like we spend most of our free time in here and so i'm on my desktop and either playing right now shadow tactics or working on web development. So nice. Um, just that change of scenery. Uh, it makes it feel like a new room. So like sometimes, you know, like cleaning and all that stuff, it's a chore, but like if you put your mind to it and your, your environment around you just doesn't feel like a good space to be in. I highly recommend just rearranging your furniture and seeing if, if that'll, you know, make you want to work more. Yeah, you know, it's all about that feng shui flow of energy through your home. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, they're very, very spartan about the way they set it up. And while feng shui might be a big old crock of shit, um, I mean, it absolutely, there's no real basis for it, obviously. But um, but uh, it it is interesting, you know. They have these principles that like energy flows through your home and out your home, and that like the way that we arrange furniture creates stagnant pools of energy that create like this negative vibe and dampen creativity and desire to work. Yeah. Um, and whether or not you believe in feng shui, what's interesting about it is if you have like a messy, cluttered workspace, like pick it up and then see how much like you feel like working at that space now. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, it really Nobody does. Nobody likes working in a shitty workspace, you know? Yeah. And the same thing goes like if you're, if you work, you know, at like away from home in an office setting or something like that, like try to make it your own, you know, like. So many people I know go to work with these really dry corporate industrial workspaces with this shitty fluorescent lighting above and you just want to kill yourself at the end of the day. But like bring a picture you like to look at. Yeah. Maybe like a little little battery powered fountain. Right. <laughs> you know, that's what I do. I yeah. got one of these like little battery powered fountains. It just runs off of uh, a couple double A's and like uses like half a cup of water. Nice. And uh Get you that zen, I, dude. Yeah, dude. That and I hang some pictures. Garden. Yeah, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I do have a, a little mini like terrarium. Nice. Uh, at, yeah, my workspace. So yeah, plants especially help. Have yeah, like man. that feeling of nature. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this- then I also I also um, have like a full spectrum desk lamp that I think really really keeps me focused because like I don't know about you but you know you get that. 
you get that like yellow light, which is like a nice warm light and I love it, but it makes me want to like curl up and go to sleep, you know, like it makes yeah. me want to read a book and fall asleep on the couch. Right. <laughs> but like you get that full spectrum light and it's way better than those harsh fluorescents. Yeah. It's like it's kind of the same color, but it's, there's just something else about it, you know? See, I um, always, I mean, I was always someone who did well with like low light. Like yeah. I was the kind of kid that in my room where, which my room had the computer growing up. I had like blackout curtains, keep yeah. all the keep all the light out because I was always like hated glare, you know. Yeah. Um. So I usually have like pretty low light, and then at work it, it's like you said, like fluorescent. But well, that's why I got that. It's just a desk lamp. Today, yeah. Right. I pointed at the wall to diffuse the light. Yeah. You know, I'm not like blasting it into my eyes. I'm yeah. not a freaking <laughs> animal. <laughs> like opening your eyes. <laughs> Get in there. My eyes, oh God, why? Um, Yeah, this morning what I did, um, I was playing some Shadow Tactics and then decided I wanted to do some work, but I wasn't feeling like working. So I like opened up Free Code Camp and I was just kind of sitting here uninspired. And then all I did was I took my headphones, like my normal like gaming headset, and I put it on. (laughs) <laughs> that was it. And then I was like, huh, now I'm kind of in my own head. I feel like working. And then I just started working. Yeah. <laughs> so all the little things, man. Uh, the other Absolutely. thing that, that I did uh, recently, we talked about this last week, uh, was I set up a pie hole on my Raspberry Pi. Um, right. Which I'm a little yeah. bit sad that we uh, lost that conversation about uh the raspberry pies and everything but if you guys are interested piehole is pretty cool it basically lets you set up your own local dns server which um then blocks a bunch of ads because they they have like whitelists and blacklists and stuff like that and it's it's pretty nice i mean it's not like 100 percent accurate but it it does a pretty good job of eliminating a lot of garbage that gets through one thing I was curious about, and I didn't think to ask it until after we recorded last week, was like, so when you use that, do you also, when you're browsing, use like, you know, ad blocker or anything like that in conjunction? Or is that like, you don't need a double dip? Um, like, would having both be overkill or redundant or like just not, maybe worse? You know, I'm not sure. I just have an extension on Chrome for Adblock Plus. and. Yeah. So I just left that on. But okay. the thing is for me, and maybe it's just that I'm used to Adblock Plus and what it does and doesn't do, but it doesn't seem like it works all that great for me. Um, like I still, before I did Piehole, was like inundated with ads all the time. So Yeah. Here's one thing I'm wondering. If you use Piehole and say you're watching, you're streaming some show or whatever. Yeah. Does it block the ads coming through on that? Or I was hoping it would, but I haven't seen that yet. Um, well, you know what's really weird? Like, so I used to stream like the magicians on sci-fi.com. Uh-huh. And of course, like I had to disable Adblock Plus before watching it because otherwise it would be like, you have an ad blocker. We can't play this. So I'd play the video. Then I would enable Adblock Plus and it would block all of the commercials and like advertisements <laughs> huh see like, I, I don't know if they fix that or not but i think if you did something kind of like that that um piehole might might work but with things like youtube i haven't seen it work 
Um, most of the time that I watch things, I'm using my Roku, which uses, yeah. you know, an app. And, uh, like, haven't seen it on any of the apps that I use there. Although Pandora, uh, when we listen to Pandora on our Rokus, it doesn't block the ads, but it seems to block some of the images that come through on the ads. So, nice. it probably depends. See, what I do... What I do for audio players like Pandora and Spotify is there's another third-party thing that you can run that will just mute the advertisements. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What is that called? Um, Shoot, the one that I use is called... Is this only on your computer, though, or... Or do you have to, like... Uh, well, yeah, unfortunately. Gotcha. Um, okay. But the one I use for Spotify, I think, is called Easy Blocker. Gotcha. I think that's what I use. Yeah. It's on my laptop, unfortunately. I'm on, I'm on my desktop right now. Oh, okay. But it just it just mutes it. And especially because what's really annoying about Spotify ads is that they compress the shit out of the audio oh. so that you're like listening to music and you're like, yeah, da, 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 da. I'm so happy. And then it's like, welcome to the <laughs> You know, it's like, oh God, why? Yeah, I know. What I do is when I'm listening to it on my phone is as soon as I hear it, like they always right now, they've been uh, starting with the same exact ad every single time. And so I hear like that first note and I'm just like mute my phone for a minute and a half and then put it back on. Yeah. It's still kind of annoying. Yeah. But yeah, it's actually uh, setting up pie holes pretty easy. Um, you do have to do some router stuff. Like you have to change the DNS server and I think DHCP settings on your router. Um, but Piehole has a guide that just walks you right through it. So it's really easy. And it's a fun little project to, uh, to do with your Raspberry Pi. And I just had my model one just sitting around doing nothing and pie hole is like not super powerful or anything like it doesn't take a lot of power so just sitting there it's hooked up to my uh my router and it's blocking all kinds of ads for me so absolutely yeah and i think i mentioned this too but if you guys are interested in creating a pie hole for yourself um uh, my buddies over at Craft uh, Computing have got some pretty cool uh, tutorials on YouTube on how to set up Pi-hole and how to set up like a Plex server and things like that. Um, lots of like free NAS uh, projects. Um, yeah, man. Anyway, um, I know we're kind of um, up against the. Uh, yeah. clock here for you. Yeah, I was going to say um, kind of jumping ahead. Uh, I picked up the Head First bundle uh, by O'Reilly and it's basically this just a 15 book bundle uh, with Humble Bundle and I've been getting a lot of value reading it. I What, what is this bundle? Uh, Head First bundle. It's a book bundle. Oh, for, yeah, yeah. We talked a little bit about it. It has a bunch of programming languages and stuff that it teaches you how to use. Um one of them that I'm excited to get to is uh, headfirst design patterns. I've been I was watching a YouTube series a while back that I think I mentioned on the podcast, and the guy was going straight through this headfirst design patterns book. Um, so it's pretty nice. And the nice thing when you pick them up on Humble Bundle is that uh, they come in various formats like PDF and EPUB. And I have an EPUB reader on my phone. 
which is called Lithium. It's pretty good. Um, and it just, like, everything's really well formatted and easy yeah. to look at. So I've been reading through the JavaScript book um, on my phone. And it's the way that they teach is, is really interesting. It's very, like, picture-heavy and conversational, which I think is uh, kind of nice. And I think that's one of the things I liked about the R.B. Whitaker book was that it was it felt very conversational. And they they start the book by explaining their teaching style and the studies that show that uh, that that is one of the most effective ways of teaching. Um, yeah. So like thus far, it's it's been really helpful. Uh, if you guys want to pick up that bundle, definitely use our link uh, bit.ly forward slash gdq hyphen humble. Pick it up. Yeah. You know, and also too on that same thing, I, I noticed that they have a. Um, kind of a, uh, a maker, uh, book bundle. Yeah. Um, and I've always really enjoyed those, um, just because I really like working with my hands and I've been trying to really get into, um, electronics more and try, you know, uh, basically, um, soldering and, and doing work like that and stuff. Nice. <laughs> and, um, there's, these books are always kind of interesting. And even just at the dollar level, they always have something that you can learn, which is kind of interesting. Um, and, uh, this one, I got the, uh, the $1 tier for just to get the encyclopedia of electronic components. Um, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's kind of neat. You know, you can, um, look through it and it's got, um, basically, I mean, not everything is listed in there, but it's pretty thorough. Um, and everything else you can, of course, supplement with, uh, you know, Google and things like that. Or you can, I think if you buy the whole thing, it comes with one, two, and three. Uh, yeah, it does. Each tier has, uh, the next volume. Oh, okay. Uh, like the first one is, um, Encyclopedia of Electronic Components, Power Sources, and Conversion. The next one is Signal Processing, and the one after that is Sensors. Um, but anyway, I always kind of enjoy those because I really like, dreaming up ways that I can use my Raspberry Pi or my Arduinos, things like that. Yeah, so, totally. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I think we're out of time. Yeah. I was going to say real quick. Uh, also, if you guys have been following along for a long time, uh, we'd appreciate any type of review you can give us. <laughs> uh, it's been like radio silence for a while. And so, I mean, I feel like, We've really enjoyed the podcast, and so if you have to, or if you haven't, let us know. We appreciate it. Yeah, even if you hate it, let, put that in a review, man, so we can address your concerns and hopefully make the show better. Um, but we do appreciate you guys sticking with us and uh, appreciate all you guys uh, do for us. Um, do we want to talk about, uh, real quick, just the weekend that we're thinking of doing OMG Jam so that people can start preparing? Sure, yeah. Um I guess this isn't technically an official announcement, but it is the first announcement. <laughs> it's like a soft announcement, if yeah, you will. Yeah, right. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Taylor, we're uh, dreaming of doing this um, the first weekend of November. Right. The second, third, and fourth yep. of November. OMG Jam. Five. Five. Oh, my God. I know, dude. <laughs> anyway, themes have uh, not been announced yet, obviously, but as we get closer, we will announce those. 
Um, so stay tuned for the official announcement, all the Twitter posts, things like that, and uh, and get calendars. signed up when we get that up over on uh, on itch. We'll we'll get a game jam page up and going. So yep, looking forward to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna be fun. It will be. Well, uh, if you guys haven't done it yet, come join our Discord server. We are at bit.ly forward slash gdq discord buy something on humble bundle whether it's this make book bundle or this heads uh head first uh head first yeah book bundle <laughs> um bit.ly forward slash gdq hyphen humble talk to us on twitter at game devs quest email us gdq at airpodcast.com as always we will catch you the same time same place next week Mm -hmm. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Cute ad music. Yeah, buddy.